Uh, Heavenly Father, God, we are just so grateful for the time that we get to spend here tonight. I just pray that each and every one of us, now that we've been able to, whether we were rushing over or we were able to take our time over here, but now that we're here, we can just truly sit in peace and that we can be intentional and that we can slow down and that we can rest in this time, in this community, in this connection that we have with one another, God, and this connection that we have with you. And I just pray that we can be intentional about this time and intentional about the message that we're going to hear from the incredible Shelby, that we can receive it um, exactly how you need and want us and desire us to receive this message, God. We are so grateful for all the incredible and beautiful blessings that we have amongst amongst each other and here in this um, beautiful church that we get to be part of. So in Jesus' name, thank you and amen. Okay, with that, I get to introduce Miss Shelby. So come on up. She's going to share an incredible message, and I can't wait. <laughs> thank you. Oh, that hot mic, hot mic, hot mic. Oh, well, thank you, ladies, for being here. Like Becky said, I know it's uh, it's a busy season for everybody. I feel like... My kids just, my kids are in the Eaton schools, and so they started almost a month later than all the other schools around here, so we're still just trying to get our sea legs back underneath us with school and sports and all the things and comings and goings of that. Um, so I am Shelby Markham. Like Becky said, if I haven't gotten a chance to meet you personally, then I would love to visit with you and kind of get to know you ladies a little bit more. Um, so a little bit about me. I did not grow up in Colorado. I'm not a Colorado native. Like, don't don't shoot. But I grew up um, in Anchorage, Alaska, actually, and lived there until I was almost 17 um, before we moved down here to Colorado. And in Anchorage, it's it's a big city. It's close to 400,000 people. It's like, I don't know. I always feel like it's like two times the size of Fort Collins, but not, not quite as big as like Denver or anything like that. Um, but did not grow up in an ag community, obviously, but I, um, I had horses, I showed horses, um, and the area of agriculture in Alaska was in the Valley. So, um, very removed from where we were in town. Um, and if you know anything about Alaska, with the sun and the cycles of the sun in the, in the summer, they call it the land of the midnight sun. So we grow these great big vegetables in the rich soil out there with the, um, in the valley where the, glacial, the glaciers carved out the valley. And so it's really rich farm ground out there. So they grow these huge, massive vegetables, but I didn't know anything about that. <laughs> so here, you know, fast forward to I've been in Colorado for over 20 years now. My husband and I have um, a home in Eaton, and um, we have a pretty good-sized garden. Um, it was I just I liked the idea of, of growing things and watching things come up and grow and. Um, I'm kind of an old soul like that. I really enjoy gardening. I, I crochet. I taught myself how to crochet. Um, got out of necessity from having the garden and an abundance in our garden. We learned canning and preserving and pickling and all of these things. And we just kind of really enjoy doing that sort of thing um, together. And really when I'm in, in my garden, I like to go out there in the morning with my coffee and 
pull weeds and kind of when it's still quiet out and kind of cool in the morning, you know, that's the best time to be out there. And that's really when that's my quiet time with God. That's when he speaks to me is when I'm in my garden and man, gardening, I've learned over the years, like gardening is not easy. Um, (laughs) I really have had to work to have even just like a green tint to my thumb. Um, it's not brown, but I, you know, I can keep a few things alive, but it takes a lot of work. And I, um, really learned that this last year I had, um, replaced our garden beds and I got all new soil and was really planting some new things. And nothing grew, like hardly anything grew last year, right? So it was just a really hard year. And in that, God was really just showing me, um, you know, Jesus taught in parables, right? So they were in very much an agriculture community like we are here. And so he spoke to the people in a way that they would understand and they would be able to relate to. So I feel like he does that with me. Um, And so that's where... um, God brought me back to, of course, the parable of the sower. And um, Lindsay's got that. We can put that one up. It's I like the, the Passion Translation version um, in Matthew 13. Come on, phone. <laughs> These face ID things. Um, so in the parable of the sower, the, it, it, most Bibles call it the parable of the sower, but it's really more the parable of the soil So when we read in Matthew 13, starting in verse 1, and again, this is the Passion Translation version, um, and Jesus is is teaching, and um, his people have surrounded him, and he tells in this parable, he says, Consider this, there was a farmer who went out to sow seeds. As he cast his seeds, some fell along the beaten path, and the birds came and ate them. Others fell onto gravel that had no topsoil, and they quickly shot up. But when the days grew hot, they were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Others fell among the thorns, so when they sprouted, the thorns choked them. But other seeds fell on good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. Some yielded 30, some 60, and some even 100 times as much as he planted. If you're able to understand this, then you need to respond. So... What the parable of the sower, and I know that's, you know, most of us, if we've been in church for any amount of time, we've heard of the parable of the sower and broken down to, to what each, each of those soil types means in the word. Um, but what God was showing me in that was that my soil, the soil of my heart, that when, you know, sometimes you got to till some things up and mix in some some fresh ground some fresh dirt in order you know it's not the seed's fault the seed is the word of god and the word of god always being fertile always being ready to grow it just needs to be planted in the right soil um so back to my my garden beds that i rebuilt last summer i had gotten all of this compost and it was literally a hot mess. It was, it was manure and it was so hot that it burned everything that I tried to plant in there. And it was very frustrating and nothing would grow roots. And what little did grow, it came up and it was stunted and they had these curled leaves and this 
ugly fruit and these ugly tomatoes. <laughs> they they got um, blossom and rot. So it was like, it was just, it was a very frustrating season. And it wasn't that the seed was bad. The seed was good, but it was just my soil. And so that really got me, um, you know, thinking about things that I've sown into my own heart, like that I need, <laughs> I needed a soil test kit. I needed a soil test kit at home in my garden. And I, again, I'm an old soul. I'm super nerdy. So I did, I got a soil test kit and I tested all the nutrients in my soil and tried to figure out why, what was just going wrong. Like, cause I'm, again, I knew it wasn't the seed. It was not the, what I had put in that was the problem. And what did I need to do um, to to fix the soil? What was what was missing? And I learned how to add calcium and magnesium, and you know how to lower the pH of the soil, and all these super nerdy things. <laughs> Which you know, I hope is there any other nerds in the house? Like, <laughs> like no? Okay, well, I'm I'm the science nerd. Like questions about gardening, we'll we'll figure it out together. But again, God started showing me like, there's always a season where you need to learn to amend your soil and what you need to add to it to make it fertile ground again. And that's so true of our spiritual growth that there's always going to be seasons where your soil or your spirit or your heart condition gets depleted. And that's where we need to pray and dig deep and dig into God to be replenished. Right? So other seasons, you may have the perfect balance in your heart and you're going to have a, a bountiful harvest that God can just really, really work. Um, I think as a pastor Lynette quote that, when we bear fruit in our life, it's an outward evidence of the inward condition of our hearts. So, um, I had, um, yeah, like I said, last summer, the only thing that grew was these ugly beets. So (laughs) ugly beets, they're underground, like they were woody, they were ugly. I really didn't think that they were going to be good for anything. And I think that so often, like, the world tries to teach us that about our fruit, that our fruit that we're bearing is not good, that it doesn't have value, that it's ugly. Like, why would I show this to anybody? Why would I share this? But with these beets, I think, Lindsay, did you get the pictures of the beets? No? Okay, that's okay. Um, They, yeah, they were ugly, but once... I sat down to actually go through the process of scrubbing them up and peeling off the woody, ugly outside and getting down to the heart of the beets. They they were all beautiful on the inside. They were all perfectly good and bright red and delicious. If maybe you don't like beets, but I know (laughs) I process the beets and it's the process is it stinks like beets stink, (laughs) but they're so good on the, on the back end and so rich and full of iron and all kinds of good things for you. And I, even though I, I, they may not be my favorite, I still grow them. I still produce fruit so that I can give it out to other people. Oh yeah. There's a, so obviously on the left, it's kind of gnarly and gross. And then 
you you had to cut away an awful lot of it to be able to get to the good fruit on the inside. And like, isn't that true? Like you have to cut away like your bruises and your scars and be vulnerable before people when you're sharing your, the fruit of your life in order to, to find that value in it. And so yeah, that was, (laughs) it's a, it's a messy business. Those beats. <laughs> it doesn't look good. No, it really didn't. <laughs> so yeah, the, I I I give my beets. I can them and I pickle them and I give them to my mom and my sister and, and put them in salads and they're delicious on the back end, even if they started out as ugly um, in my eyes. Um, but all that to say, uh, you know, obviously. We want to, in the spirit, we want to be, we want to have good soil in our heart so that when the word of God is planted on the inside of us, it it can be fruitful and it can multiply and we can grow fruit. So how do we get good fruit in our lives and in the lives around us? So in Galatians, where um, Paul is talking about the fruit of the spirit, um, you you see what it is to have spiritual fruit and not, um, not so into your sinful nature. And I liked the passion translation of, of this one. Let me see here. Why is it not? Um, so it's Galatians five twenty two. starts with the fruit of the spirit and says But the fruit produced in Holy Spirit within you is divine love and all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus Christ have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. If the spirit is the source of our life, we must also allow the spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. So I just, I, I love that when they're talking, when Paul is talking about the fruit and in this translation, especially fruit being joy that overflows. I think with my my ugly beets or even this year, my ugly tomatoes <laughs> that are still struggling. Um, you know, you can, again, you can look at the fruit and think that it's not good for anything, but when the fruit comes metaphorically, when the fruit comes from Holy spirit, it can't, it can't be bad. You know, I, and I think Paul referred to the fruit of the spirit, right? Because fruit is always sweet. And fruit always has a seed on the inside of it in order to reproduce itself. So if we're growing the seed, the word of God, if we're growing that in our lives and being fruitful, then it will multiply because it's going to have seeds on the, on the backside for us to be able to spread. So again, how do we get good fruit in our lives? Being that good soil, having the good, um, heart and mindset in order to take in the word of God and and plant it deep in our heart and make it um, grow up and nurture it and be fruitful. 
So one of the one of the fruits that I've had to learn to grow um, spiritually is um, seeds of thankfulness or fruit of thankfulness. I I love my mother dearly, but she never taught me the importance of writing thank you notes. And I know not not a southern girl again. Like I know that's you know good manners and all of that, and I know that now. And if I'm honest, like I'm still not the greatest at writing thank you notes. Um, but I know that I so appreciate them when I do get them. So shame on, no, no shame on me, but just need to learn to grow that fruit of thankfulness in, in my life. Um, because I know if I don't get thanked for something, it's really easy to let instead of good seeds, like God's word, it's easy for weeds like bitterness and resentment and, and those sorts of things try to take over and they try to overshadow any generosity that I might have been trying to grow in the future or be trying to share with someone else in, in the future. Um, so yeah, thankfulness is, is a big one that I've had to work on. Um, and in that, like just teaching that to my kids too, because if I'm sowing thankfulness, then my kids also get this, the fruit of that and they get the seeds and then they also pass on thankfulness. And it's just a, an important, you know, fruit to be passing on and in, in setting that example and honor and integrity and all of that kind of grows together when you're sowing those seeds. Um, the, the thing that I found too, what God was speaking to me about in my garden was I got these, I got these pepper plants, right? And they're big and they're lush and they're green and the leaves are huge. Like my pepper plants look the best that they've ever looked. But do you think there's a single flower or a single pepper on any of those stinking plants? Like they look great from afar, but, and I think that that's where God was talking to me too. Like so often we can kind of get into this, like, legalistic kind of mindset where it's like, oh yeah, I'm good. I got my fire insurance. Like my heart's good, but you know, it all looks good on the outside, but you're just kind of going through the motions, you know, watering, tending to the soil of your heart. Like, yeah, you know, but you're not really being fruitful on the back end of things with your relationships or in your marriage or in your work life or in your finances. You know, just kind of surface level, like the parable of the sower. The seeds are there, but they've kind of got some shallow roots. And But everything grows up really good, really, really fast. And it's showy and it's beautiful and um, <laughs> makes me think of my neighbor's roses. My neighbors have these gorgeous roses that they never tend to, and they smell so good, but you know those things are full of thorns, and they certainly aren't producing any fruit. Like, they're beautiful, but, I mean, I, I don't know, do you get seeds from a rose? Like, but same thing. It's just kind of out of, out of neglect, beautiful things can still grow, but um, Definitely the things that are tended to and intentionally grown are going to produce more fruit in our life. And man, I know that in my dry seasons when, you know, I, I so appreciate when 
<laughs> when my garden's not producing, when other people share their produce with me, right? Um, if somebody has zucchini, they're guaranteed to share their zucchini with you, right? So that you can make zucchini bread. Yay, zucchini bread. I don't need any. Just for anybody listening, I don't need any zucchini, so don't drop it on my doorstep. <laughs> um, but I'm so thankful when other people share their fruit and the fruits of their labors with me. And so, you know, again, I try to do the same when I have an abundance. And so that, again, got me thinking, what's another fruit that spiritually we can share with each other? Man, like if you have a testimony or fruit, something that's come to fruition in your life, like healing, you definitely need to be sharing that out with people. Like I think... God showed me in this in this time when there's so much negativity and everybody's still kind of living in fear and worry and sickness and all these things. Man, if you've got any sort of good testimony and good spiritual fruit, like now is the time to be sharing that with everybody and anybody. Man, just get those seeds all over the place. Um, so all that to say... An example of that, I'll share some fruit with you. Um, my son, Rainin, we've been healing for his ears, for or praying for his ears to be healed um, and his hearing for about six months now. So we started noticing just some little habits and some little things that he was doing around the house. He'd turn up the TV really loud, and he was always yelling and kind of getting frustrated when we weren't understanding what he was trying to say. And um, so went to the doctors, they recommended getting his hearing test and went to several different ones and ended up at children's. And there was all this talk about, um, you know, he, they said he had a mild range of hearing loss, but that it wasn't likely to affect his learning abilities. Okay. So we're praying for that. We're praying for supportive services and speech therapies and these things. And, you know, we're going to navigate these waters prayerfully all the while praying for just praying for healing over his ears like the, that those words that the doctor spoke over him that they would just fall null and void that um i think pastor lynette says pray crop failure over the seeds and those words that the doctors tried to plant over his hearing um so then we had some repeat testing here two weeks ago and they told us two weeks ago that his hearing had declined in the last four months, his hearing had declined in his right ear. And the first thing they asked me was, have you thought about hearing aids? Are, are, you, are you preparing? And it really caught me off guard. And I said, I didn't realize we were to the point of even talking about hearing aids at this point. I thought we were just looking at supportive services and speech therapy, and we were just going to be really hyper aware of his hearing and protect that when we go shooting or hockey games or, you know, any sort of loud events. And well, he's borderline and we may need to think about it. Blah, 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 blah. So we had, um, a, a group of us ladies that we were working out together and we had been praying for his ears. And before that appointment, as we were driving to children's, he said, Oh, my, my voice feels, my voice feels quiet. My ears are popping. And he's never complained about that before. So, of course, we, we tested him and, well, we're not going to get a very good result today. His ears are acting like he's got fluid. Let's send you to the ear, nose, and throat doctor. Okay. So this week we go to the ear, nose, and throat doctor. Again, prayerfully, go, you know, 
before we go into anything. And he's so funny. He's four, and he loves the song Rattle. He doesn't want anybody else to sing it. He wants to sing Rattle at the top of his lungs like six times on the way to children's. I'm like, okay. And I had told Pastor Lynette this, and she's like, and tearfully, we're like, he's prophesying over the bones in his ears with that song. Like he's prophesying his own healing in that. So I was like, I will play rattle all day, every day. If that's what it takes, like for you to worship and for you to trust that God is healing your ears. So we get down to the ear, nose and throat doctor this week. And he looks at him. He says, his ears look great. I don't, let's get him in the, let's get him in the sound booth. Let's, let's test him again. Throw him in the sound booth. He heard every little chirpy bird they put in his ears. And we go back in the room and this doctor's like, I don't know what happened in the last two weeks. Um, maybe he grew out of it. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, God, <laughs> two weeks, two weeks. And he's like, you know, I think we maybe want to see you in four to six months just to follow up. But I'm super happy with where his ears are at and his hearing. And so, yeah, God, like (laughs) fruit of healing. Like, I feel like that, that needs to go. Like, I want him to be shouting that like in the back at church this weekend, you know, over so many different situations that just need healing and everything else. And just the joy that comes out of that, like, Oh, it's so exciting. Like it needs to be shared. And yeah, he, uh, his, his name is Rainan, which is a Hebrew word that means healed by God. So that boy is going to use every opportunity he can <laughs> from falling off the bleachers to his hearing to all of these things that that little boy is going to use to prove every single time that he is his namesake. He is healed by God. So take that fruit and spread that seed far and wide to anybody who needs a word or encouragement for, for healing for themselves or for anybody else. Um, man, and I just, I think in this new fall season that we're coming into, um, that we all need to be focusing on sowing seeds of thankfulness and generosity and, you know, sharing the fruits of our life and encouragement. Oh my gosh. Like today I had the best day today and then kind of a crummy afternoon before getting here. And as soon as I locked myself in the office and, (laughs) and got away from it all and started praying about it, I didn't count, but I bet I got six different text messages from different ladies in this church just encouraging me before this message. And so sowing seeds of encouragement, like that made all the difference in the world for being here tonight. Sowing seeds and sharing fruit of healing. Man, I... I needed that so much with Rainin and and I know lots of people who need that healing right now and grace and understanding I I needed to not sow seeds of frustration today and instead sow seeds of grace and understanding because if I would have 
said the words that I really wanted to say, it would not have been fruitful or it would have been some real ugly, nasty fruit on the back end. And I know that there are people who may not receive the word of God or your testimony and your fruit when you share it with them. It's, it goes back to that parable of the sower with the seed thrown out on the, on the gravel. People will do everything they can to step over and around the word of God and, and our testimonies and things like that. But you throw it out there enough and eventually it's going to take root. You know, the condition of other people's soil, other people's hearts is not up to us. That's all Holy Spirit working on them. And that, that those prayers, you know, we can just pray for tilling up of soil. You know, I know a lot of people who the world has thrown a lot of manure their way and they're having a hard time growing anything that's really fruitful. But, you know, maybe if I share a little of my good fruit and a little good seed and do a little tending in the garden of their heart, then we can help them be fruitful in the, the things of God and the, and the spirit. And so all that to say is don't doubt the fruit that you've borne in your life is good and worthy to be used by others. I did not ever think that I would be standing up here at this podium, that I would have anything really fruitful or valuable to share from this position. But again, God showed me a long time ago, I was canning peaches, actually, if you can believe it. And he just started taking the opportunity to speak to me about um, good fruit and the value of the fruit in our lives, right? So I had bought these peaches at the farm stand and they had firsts, which are like the really good, pretty peaches, no bruises, no blemishes, nothing. So there was one case of firsts left and then there was a case of seconds. The seconds were not so pretty. They had some bruises and some spots that had some fruit flies flying around them and Um, but by the time I got them home and started processing them, much like the beets, you peel the outer layer off and you cut off the bruises and you cut off the scars and you cut off the oldy moldy parts that, and on the inside, every one of those peaches looked the same and you can't look at that. You can't look at the heart of us as believers knowing what we've had to cut away, bruises and scars and oldy moldy parts, and you can't put us all together and even tell the difference between who had scars and who had bruises. So that was what God was showing me with the peaches was they were all good on the inside because they'd all been washed clean. They'd all been washed clean by the blood of Jesus and they all were sweet and they all were nourishing, and they were all good for preserving and saving up for future. They were all good for sharing, and I, I feel like that is, that is the root of all of this, is any fruit, big, small, bruised, scarred, whatever it looks like, 
it's good and it's valuable because it's the word of God returning. The word of God does not return void. It comes out in the fruit of our lives and it's always going to have value and it's always going to have a seed on the inside for you to pass on to somebody else so that it can be fruitful and we can grow and grow together. So that is my fruit, a little bit about my fruit, a little bit about me and my garden and all my nerdy goodness. I feel like I went through that really, really fast. (laughs) So if anyone has any gardening questions or anything of that nature, or we need to exchange phone numbers so we can share produce, that's always good things. Um, But I, with that, I will just pray for our new season. So, Father God, we thank you so much. We thank you for all of us in our different seasons. We pray, God, for a tilling up of the soil in our heart where it needs tilled up. God, some of us may have that manure that's been thrown at us. Help us to use that as fertilizer for your word, God. Help us to be the good soil for your word when it comes into our heart, Lord, that it would grow deep roots and that we would have fruit, we would bear fruit in our lives and that we would just be planted in your word at all times, God, and that the fruit that we bear is sweet big, small, scarred, whatever the fruit we bear in our lives, Lord, that you would take it and you would use it and help us to share that out, share fruit that is born out of testimony and healing and joy and thankfulness and all of the fruits of the Spirit, Lord. We just pray in Jesus' name that they would be bountiful in this place and in the lives of every woman here and everyone who hears this this message, God, because we know that your word is fruitful and it multiplies, and we just thank you in advance for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.